the latest podcast on the Argos Waiter Freight series. My name is Johanna Pinheiro, and I'm a reporter on the freight team here at Argos. We have here with us today John Ollett, the deputy editor of Freight. Hi, John. Hello, Johanna. Thank you for having me. Thank you, John. And we also have the tanker reporter Matthew Mitchell. Hi, Johanna. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thank you, Matthew. And we'll be discussing the impact of Euro's prices breaching the EU G7 established cap on tanker freight. So without further ado, let's dive right in. So Matt, crude prices have now moved above the price cap. Have Russian orange freight rates jumped? So far, Russian freight prices have actually either fallen or held steady over the past few months. This is because Russian production cuts, weaker seasonal demand, and higher domestic refinery runs have all meant decline in exports and less demand for vessels. So while tankers have left the trade in Russian oil because the euro's price is above the price cap, fewer vessels have been matched by fewer cargoes. Where we have seen an effect on freight is in adjacent mainstream markets. Those European-owned tankers leaving the Russian trade have gone into the mainstream market in the Mediterranean and elsewhere and added to downward pressure on rates there at the same time as activity has been slow because of summer. So with mainstream tanker owners now focusing on non-Russian trades, freight prices for non-sanctioned crude shipments have fallen significantly, while sanctioned Russian freight costs are largely flat, which has actually narrowed the premium for transporting Russian cargoes. Is there a similar trend for clean tankers, John? Yes, rates for rates for Russian origin shipments have been largely steady, although we have seen in the last week that the market has started to move higher because of mainstream ship owners stepping back from the Russian origin markets. Unlike crude, product volumes have remained fairly consistent despite being now above the cap, and that has meant that we're seeing more upwards pressure on the Russian origin rates for clean tankers than we are necessarily seeing on crude. The ship owners that have stepped back because we are above the price cap, they are now back on the non-Russian markets and adding pressure to rates there. The picture for products is a bit more complicated for um, exports than it is for crude, and that is because of the US summer driving season, which has created a lot of volatility in the non-Russian MR market. In the last 60 to 90 days, we've seen three fairly major spikes, and this complicates the picture for a Russian freight premium. But on the whole, what we are seeing is lower rates compared to 2022, despite the higher ton miles in the global market driven largely by Russian exports. Right. And where are the Russian products now going? Well, Brazil is the main destination for Russian diesel. And what's happening there is that Russian diesel is starting to push out, or has pushed out rather, US diesel. And the US diesel is now freed up to go elsewhere. And what we've started to see is US diesel traveling transatlantically and into Europe. Now, Europe was the traditional market for Russian diesel, but now it's traveling all the way down to Brazil and the US stuff is coming in to replace it. What we're also seeing is diesel shipments coming in from the Mideast Gulf on larger uh, LR2 vessels, which are 90,000 tons. And that was seen as the main source for European diesel imports to replace Russia. 
But in the last several months, the US has become increasingly important to Europe's import mix. On the whole, Russia is now supplying about 400,000 tons of diesel to Brazil. So we're seeing similar volumes then being freed up to be carried by the US into Europe. And that's going to be increasingly important going forward. West Africa is another key market. We have seen diesel going into there and it's pushing out the traditional suppliers, which are the Mideast Gulf, Asia, um, and even a little bit from Europe. West Africa still relies on Europe for gasoline, but gasoline imports have dropped over the last several months. But this is driven not by Russia, but by domestic factors. And in addition to all that, we've seen some drone strikes in the Black Sea recently. Has this brought vessel loaders to a halt, Matt? The impact of the strikes has not been significant so far, with loadings being stopped only very briefly at the CPC terminal in the Black Sea. But it could support freight for both Russian and non-Russian cargoes going forward. This could occur both through ship owners being reluctant to enter the Black Sea and by insurers charging a higher additional war risk premium, which is an additional insurance cost for entering a potentially dangerous area. We have heard that some owners were avoiding the Black Sea because of the greater security risks associated with the recent drone, drone strikes, and freight has increased from the region, at least for Aframax tankers. But how far this is because of safety concerns is hard to say, and there has so far been no major disruption to exports. Right, but considering that the risk is now higher, what sort of steps might insurers take, John? So the key here is the additional war risk premium, the AWRP, as Matt mentioned. Now, that is an additional premium that ship owners must pay to insurers whenever they enter something that, sh that insurers deem a war risk area. And that gives insurers a lot of leeway to increase it as far as they want in order to mitigate the risk. Now, at the moment, the Argus assessed AWRP for the Black Sea is between $700,000 and $750,000 lump sum, depending on whether the vessel is an Aframax or a Suez Max. And this is obviously a significant amount of money, um, especially given that the lump sum for a Black Sea to Mediterranean rate at the moment is somewhere around a million. Um, now, insurers do have the ability to push up this level and they can take it up to a million dollars and one and a half million dollars and whatever they think is appropriate for the risks that we're now seeing. But I think what the most significant factor is going to be here is that if the strikes uh, turn from, say, drone strikes on targeted ships, which is what we're seeing at the moment, to a more general threat to shipping. When the Russia-Ukraine conflict started, we saw sea mines deployed and these sea mines can drift and they are a very sort of general threat to shipping. And at that point, we saw a lot of owners refusing to go. We saw insurers telling owners that they can't go. Um, and if we start to see something like that again, then it's going to change the market very, very quickly. What's significant about this as well is that the Black Sea is more than just Russian origin cargoes. There are a lot of cargoes coming out of Novorossiysk that are non-Russian origin, uh, CPC crudes, for example. And ship owners will not distinguish, uh, sorry, insurers will not distinguish between a Russian cargo and a non-Russian cargo when it comes to the, uh, when it comes to insuring a ship against outside threats. Um, and so that would mean that we could see an awful lot of crude halted. It will take a certain amount of threat for that to happen. We have not reached that level yet. 
uh, and there are no indications at the moment that we will reach that level. But obviously, the situation is very fluid and can change very, very quickly. Wow, and considering all of that, what might we be looking at over the next few months? Russia has said that it will only partially extend its production cut next month, meaning that more Russian crude will be available for export than in recent months. This rise in export availability may exert some upward pressure on freight rates for Russian shipments as demand for vessels will increase, just as tanker supply has fallen, assuming that Russian crude remains above the cap. But without European owners lifting Russian cargoes, more so-called dark fleet tankers are likely to be involved. This may mean older vessels, which have a greater risk of oil spills and which potentially don't have insurance. We've seen estimates for what level of Russian exports the dark fleet can support of around 3.5 million barrels per day, but the market will have to find a new balance as conditions change following the rise in euros price above the cap. Additionally, some of these older tankers and the potential lack of insurance may impose its own limit on how much Russian oil India and China are willing to take, as we have seen tighter restrictions and vessels turned away at ports in both countries in recent months because of safety concerns. But the dark fleet does still have the potential to expand rapidly if the incentives are there. So for now, it seems likely that there will be sufficient tonnage to carry Russian crude as long as there are buyers for it because of the decline in exports. But there may be some tightness and higher rates ahead. Excellent. I think that wraps up the key points. Thanks very much, John and Matthew, for a very insightful conversation. Really hope you, the audience, enjoyed the podcast and we hope to receive your questions and feedback from you. Thanks for listening and we look forward to the next one.